On the Starship Enterprise, on the bridge, when no one's looking, do you reckon they all swivel round in their chairs really fast? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not Mr Sulu. Well, I think you'd be the first to swivel known old Mr Sulu. <laughs> is Waffle On Podcast. Hello and welcome to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm Mark Kelly. And uh, I love the way I, I always point to you. <laughs> as, if, really, no, no, <laughs> as if there's anyone else in here. I'm just there going, where's that finger going? Please be me. Please be me. <laughs> I don't know where, where, if it's where like, am I pointing that finger? I just think it's going to be your middle digit. Up yours. Or I'm off. <laughs> Sacking me on air. That'd be a bit weird when you're in your flat. Yeah, exactly. I'd have to go Get out of your flat. He's in there doing something. <laughs> Oh dear, mate! Uh, uh, welcome, welcome back to the uh, to the show. And uh, on this episode, what are we talking about, Cal? We're talking about men behaving badly. And this was one of your ideas, was it not? It was because it's one of our, our stream of consciousness when we're doing about the um, the, the odd couple, wasn't it? And it's yeah. you know there is as we'll go into it. There's there's similarities, and then there's not between the odd couple, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And, and there's, there's all... bits, and the, obviously, as I said, it is the uh, the archetype thing that mm. is two men together yeah. who are a bit different in the flat, but it's a bit it's a bit different. <laughs> well, not in that way, not in that way, but it's a bit, it's just a bit <laughs> different with them two as well as we're going on. Yeah, exactly. Um, so before we crack on, let's do a little bit of um, stuff, uh, housekeeping, and all that. Just we've got a couple of more reviews on iTunes, which I only noticed today at work. Oh. So I've quickly photographed it on my phone before turning my phone off. Um, so they, uh, we're just going to go. This is from Andrew Donaldson. Andrew Donaldson, sixty-two. This is. He's 62? Uh, no, no, it's just his name. Oh, good stuff. And hi, lads. I'm new to the podcast world and really enjoying your podcast. It was good to listen to the latest podcast, The Odd Couple, as I only watched the film a few weeks ago. Mm. Any chance of you doing Till Deathless Do Part? What a great show that was. Just making my way through the rest of your podcast. Some great stuff. Keep up the good work. Carl, Till Deathless Do Part. I, I, was that... I don't, didn't really watch Did Ever Stoop Part. Well, I know Citizen in Elf. We're gonna, well, it's a, it's a, yeah, well, but okay. I don't know. It's a Till Death Do Part. Well, we're going to throw that in the ni- the programs of the 1970s you don't get repeated, aren't yeah, That's that one, because that, you're also going to throw in um, Some Mothers Do Have... Um, no, we're not. So we're going to throw in... Um, you talk about this, aren't you? Uh, the one with... Windsor Davis. Uh, never the time. No, 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 never the time with Donaldson. Strange thing about Donaldson. <laughs> I was down there. Sorry about these slides and gentlemen. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Des Island Discs. Yeah. And uh, a few uh, years ago, in Roy, Roy Plumley, who was the creator and original broadcaster of Des Island Discs, mm-hmm. when he passed away, the BBC couldn't use... Uh, the, the archives because he was oh. he, he he created it, oh. but uh, over the past year they've now negotiated with his family. So all the archives of Desert Island are on from 1951. From there's only four episodes from 51, and there's 55. And I was list, started listening to them oh. today. And uh, the reason why I've gone off the road is to... because Donald Sinden nim, 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 is the... actually on one of them oh, yeah. from about 1970. So, uh, now, can I just no, say no, 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 no. Now, you, before we started this <laughs> podcast off, listeners, you just said to me, let's try not go off tact. <laughs> really? Casting aspersions about me? And Strat, I've only been doing it five minutes and he's got off on one. 
<laughs> you thought you were black. If ever there were was. Well, you thought of Donald Sinton, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I guessed it might have been Never the Twain. You mentioned no. Donald Sinton. No, um, it was. Uh, he's your, it new, he's it, your new bloody frosty, mate. <laughs> uh, it, ain't, it ain't half up, mum. It ain't half up, mum. Yeah. yeah. You know. uh, oh, the one that's seen as racist now. Yeah, because, uh, because was yeah. it Michael Benton? No, yeah. not Michael Benton. Uh, Michael Bates. Who dressed up as uh, an Indian. Indian. Even though there's actually. Indian people in it. Yeah. Found and he was also an Indian. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There was a... So we're probably going to throw that into the podcast about uh, 70s pros and can't do, along with uh, Love Thy Neighbour and uh, the other blatantly racist one that we can't quite remember. So, oh, but... uh, yeah, uh, mind your language. All that mind, mind your language. language and... Uh, Got loads of them around. Yeah, which is going to be more of a uh, more of a research fact finding podcast, isn't it? Because we don't really remember enough. Do you know there was that. even a pilot made of uh, with a uh, Hitler moving next door to a bloke in New York? <laughs> True, there's a pilot made, and it's supposed to be one of the most sought after TV programs on the internet. True, it was a, a pilot, a British pilot, where Hitler survived the war and went to, went to New York. And, and moved did, he, next did, he, did he live and it was in called a predominantly my Jewish neighbourhood? No, it was called My Neighbour, Adolf. This is a true thing. If anyone have wants you, to look for it. <laughs> have you seen that uh, program that's been on Channel 4? Apparently it's, a, apparently it's just the, uh, the series 2 of um, uh, about the Jewish thing. Was it something like... Um, what was the one about the gypsies? What was that oh, the, the my gypsy, the, yeah. yeah, my the, yeah, <laughs> the kosher, is... my great kosher wedding. Yeah, so did you, what's going on? He oh, no. <laughs> does look quite funny though. I know. I'm sorry to be. I don't, this, this is seriously not meant to be an anti-Semitic remark, but there is something quite funny about watching Jews dance. No, they're dancing. It's funny because <laughs> it, it is really funny. crazy. No wonder. Oh, it's like Borat dancing, isn't it? <laughs> it's a bit like Borat dancing. <laughs> it is indeed. Anyway, thank you uh, for that review there, Andrew Donaldson, number yes. sixty-two. The next one. He's from uh, Dagenham Legend. I want to know why they're a legend. Is he a porn star, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. But their, uh, their title is uh, Brummy-tastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, stumbled across this great podcast via the Scuttercast. Some excellent episodes. Some excellent episodes. Okay. Oh, this <laughs> Oh, At least it's honest, though. At least it's honest. We'd give agree, us, wouldn't we? Give us five. Like, yeah, to be fair, yeah. <laughs> uh, one for you here, though, Cal. Uh, looking forward to US cop shows like Monk and Columbo. Oh, this is for me. There you go. He never mentioned Ironside, but I'll let him off for that. He mentioned You know what? I, I found on Spotify the other day that I can get loads of TV features. Although, I'm... Um, I won't get them from the site where I normally get my own my ones from. Mm. I own them, obviously, these uh, theme tunes. But, you know, they're done by terrible orchestras. So, like, someone did the Duffy theme tune, and it's like... Ding, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And I played the Ironside thing. It's not catchy enough for me to put it on the podcast. I'm sorry. No, no it's not the most uh, memorable. And, you know, like I said, he's the one cop you want to be chased by. With me. <laughs> the only one you want to be chased by with him is Cannon, because he was a rock fat git. <laughs> <laughs> Become after me! I'm, yeah. I'm walking away really quickly. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And this last one by Tartan Jeff. He's in the Scottish, there's Donaldson Jeff. and now Tartan Donaldson Jeff. and Dagenham Levin. Yeah, who's. You'll like this now. Go on in. A listener. This is a person who's caught onto our joke, but not our, not our jokes, but our repetitive syndrome. He's, he's title for this review. Waffly versatile. Oh, that's very good. And, that is waffly. And, oh, you know that's dead, isn't it? That's what gets up. No, 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 no. Every bloody podcast you think that you're not sponsored by them. This is the <laughs> fourth podcast in a row that you've done that. They ain't going to give you no, any waffles. Leave it alone. Leave it. I'm low on waffles. I've had to get a brand because I can't afford. But, but oh, sorry. Dear. I'm on their own. You want co-op zone? Yeah, that's it. So I need that sponsorship money to come rolling, rolling in. I need somewhere to put a Friday. I'll tell you what, I I, look, let's start mentioning Apple then, because yeah. if, if someone sponsors us, we'll 
Bloody yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that'd be all right. You'll get an Apple laptop and I'll get a load of waffles. <laughs> photo, on, uh, photo on our waffle on page by Ash, Ashley uh, Covington, friend of mine. I saw that, yeah. Waffle on shop there in... Uh, what yeah. did I sell? They look like a fish restaurant. Anyway, uh, anyway, uh, Offly vs. Dial by Tartan Jeffs has this to say. Brilliant stuff, a variety of topics, means there's something for everyone. And even if you are not that keen on the subject, it's presented in a manner that can't help but make it entertaining. Great work, fellas. P.S. It's not about waffles. Well, uh, thank you there. Very, very, very. That's a very nice Tartan Jeff. Tartan, Tartan Jeff. Thank you very much. And, of course, we've got loads of stuff on our Facebook page. Please head yeah, over there. Even I've mean, been involved in it like I the know, other night. Uh, yes. I, I nearly thought you were well, somebody I know, else. I know. Yeah. And, of course, oh, and we should thank as well, uh, we've got a couple of people as well to thank, uh, Josh O'Renwick. Hopefully I've got your name, but Josh, who sent us a nice email regarding your T-shirt. Thank you, Josh. Oh, yeah, yeah. I will get back to him. When I, when I, when no, 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 no. Don't jump the gun. Oh, yeah. Don't jump the gun. Look here. You can't wait. I know. Yeah, can't anyway. Anyway. Uh, Josh sent us an email offering to queue up uh, uh, an extortion amount of time to go and get the... Um, I know, then. Uh, Josh, he's got his own studios. Josh, Josh studios. Mm. And, uh, yeah, thank you, Josh. Really nice. If you sent us a voice message as well, I took it out. Uh, but we do, ho- we do have the t-shirt. The t-shirt has been paid for. The t-shirt has been posted by, yeah. um, Mr. Timothy King Eyes at Linsco. And the, a picture might be on the next podcast. Yes. So, Tim, not, over not, there. Not, just me, obviously, with the t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, remember the top off. You're going to wear your Mexican mask. Oh, yeah, now you're, now you're, now you're stirring things in my brain. You know, now. So wear, I'm no, you should wear Mexican mask. What? The t-shirt Tim's got, yeah. And your dressing gown. Yeah, but I've and also got some uh, skull and crossbows tanga pants as well. For God's sake. <laughs> well, listeners, if you really want this photograph to come on, please leave a message on our Facebook page yeah, yeah, well. about that. So thank you, Tim, uh, for uh, sorting that out and uh, most kind of you. So, Cal, mm. on to our main subject. And what do we do before we always talk about it? We play the theme tune. Tune uh, Cal, uh, is that one of your favourites? It's a. I tell you what, it's very nineties, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit, isn't it? It really is. All the sacks and uh, you, <laughs> the know, sax you know, sax. you know, you know, you know. You just oh, we've talked about this before, haven't right? we? Yeah, okay. What's the matter? Uh, no, I swallowed as I was talking. That's not a good thing. You'd be no good in porn. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to rise to that. <laughs> Or if you're tartan laughing. Yeah. Oh, okay. After and on about it. Um, no, because let me podcast, but everyone's going to think now. They've got a porn star listening to the game. He's probably out there listening to this thinking. Hey. You see, you'd be sexy, so that could have been a moon. That's a good point, actually. Dagenham legend. Yeah. Could have been right. Anyway, let's go back to the theme tune. <laughs> okay. Because we're going off forever. Um, I was thinking, you, you just don't get theme tunes like that anymore. It's like, it's like uh, the gun really, but it's like I was thinking episodes. I think episodes is a rubbish beginning. 
I just don't like it with that thing moving around. I don't know. Yeah. I I just don't think he's very good. I think the nice one. Do you not think that is because, as we said before, the trouble with episodes is you can't can't help but not think about friends. Well, that's what they've tried to do. Let's get away from friends and not have him in it, hasn't they? But when you do, you think of friends. You You can't help it. You can't know. I'd like to know how how he's actually doing in America. I know we're going half on one, but I'd like to know how episodes are actually doing in America. Yeah, yeah. How's he doing over here, though? He's doing okay over here. For for a BBC2. Because old old, uh, Boyd, bald-headed, what's his name? Milton, don't say much. They don't review him. But no, he's doing okay, because he's getting over a million. I think you get over a million, you'll get another series, but it's to do with America, isn't it? I'd like to know how he's actually doing in America. Yeah, also as well because there's only six episodes isn't there yeah which is really unusual for America isn't it mm. Mm. Well, Suits, over there, Suits had was it 12 episodes 13 well Jim Leeds you get 10 at least well it used to be 22 wasn't yeah, it yeah, well, you yeah. know a lot of the TMGs the MASH eras and all that kind of stuff um, nowadays it's 12 uh, uh, have a guess of how many without you looking at the script have was a guess it? how many um, series of men behaving badly there was no um, is this all of them is this including Honey Enfield? Do you include yeah. it? Yeah. Right. What were thinking? Is it about six series? Oh, bang on! It's six series. Trying to think in my head then. Yeah. Um, so, it was created by Simon Nye, also written by him, uh, directed by Martin Dennis. For some reason, when I looked at that, I thought it said Les Dennis. Um, and starred Martin Clunes, Leslie Ash, Carolyn Quinton, Neil Morrissey, Valerie Miniff, Ian Lindsay, and of course, Harry Enfield. Uh, there were six, six series, 42 episodes produced by Hartford Films, 30 minutes in end. It originally was on ITV and then, of course, on BBC, and it ran from the 18th of February 1992 to the 28th of December 1998. Now, did you. Because we. I remember me and you watching this when we lived together, and we started living with each other around about 95. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That. Um, but I don't remember the Harry Enfield series. No, it was. Like, I. I Think like this. I was thinking about this last night. Actually, it's, it's quite um, like a coming. It was like a coming of age for us, wasn't it? Mm. You first into the world as men. So men as well. You know, even though we were still kids, you sounded like Clark. I know. Yeah, we like, you know, we're, you know, as you know, and they were like sort of living the lives of loads of people. And we all yeah, knew. Yeah. So you started, even though. They were a lot older than us in that, weren't they? Because we've talked about this, but they're about our age, in it. About our age, no. In, yeah, that's yeah, what it was, weren't they? But, so they're a bit old for us, but that was like, because it's like, what? even though no one really lived like that, no, no one lived like the drinking no, I mean, it, it, it was, was a bit over the an top. an exaggeration of, I mean, to be fair, I thought we actually lived quite well like them, but they were weekends. extreme. I, I think mean, our weekends, weekends were like theirs. Yeah, not the working Not because we had to go to work, didn't we? You wouldn't drink four pints of Stella. No, sitting in, a, sitting, sitting in a paddling pool, <laughs> yeah. would you? And then think, no. right, I'm going to go, we're going to work. That's going to work. But it was very much that. Like I said, I think we started watching that when we were living together and you're looking for TV to watch. And thought, mm. oh, there's two blokes there. Well, a bit, another, epi- another episode, another programme that was a little bit like that was um, Game On. Game On. Very much, I was going to say. I was going to buy it. I might buy that. Cause I think we should do that as a watch. It'd be very interesting to see how we've done because I've not saw it since we watched it. And, um, and uh, also, Neil Stook, he really interests me because... He's obviously he's a very good actor because you know, I really liked his character in Game One. Is that when he was in Silk? He's, he's in, in Silk, Silk yeah. And of course, he, he and also he was also on MasterChef, Celebrity MasterChef. Oh. And he's really—I mean, he is so serious; it's quite scary. I know, he, but I think he was doing that for his dad. It was really interesting character in Game One because he was—he couldn't. What was it? It was a uh, claustrophobic, agrophobic, weren't he? Yeah, he couldn't yeah. go outside, could he? Yeah. Is that agrophobic? And, yeah, that's agrophobic. Like claustrophobia is indoors. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scared. Because in, at the end of it, I know we'll talk about it, but he actually did go out because he had to save his member. Yeah, he had yeah. to save. Don't ruin it. 
I know, but there you go. <laughs> mm. uh, okay, so Member Home Valley was obviously created by Simon Nye. A little bit of info about Simon Nye here. Born 29th of July 1958 in Sussex. And his filmography, Member Home Valley was his first thing that he wrote. Obviously, his first TV. I'm sure he wrote. Did, did he fully write the first series we've had in Enfield as well? I believe so, yeah. Uh, followed by Frank Stubb Promotes. Remember that? Oh. Yeah. Now, wasn't that Tim Spall, was it? Bloody hell, yeah. yeah. Then followed by Is It Legal, then How Do You Want Me, Wild West, Hardware, Reggie Perry, the remake with Martin Clunes, and Doctor Who, Amy's Choice. So let's just read out what goes on in here, and then we can talk about what we think about it. Go on. It follows the lives of Gary Strang, played by Martin Clunes, and his flatmate, first Dermot Povey, played by Harry Enfield, and then Tony Smart, played by Neil Morrissey, for the remaining series. His first broadcast on ITV92, and a total of six years remained, as we said, along with the Christmas special and three final episodes that made up the feature-length Last Orders. The series was filmed in and around Ealing in West London, and the final scenes of Series 6 was filmed at the Kern Abbas Giant. Kern Abbas Giant. Um, the setting, however, is implied to be South London, and many references are made to Surrey. Um... It was produced by Hartswood Films and Thames Television, co-produced the first two series for ITV. They also assisted with production for the third series that aired on the BBC. Now, after being moved to post-Watershed slot on BBC One, Men Behaving Badly became highly successful and it was voted the best sitcom in the BBC's history at the Corporation's 60th anniversary celebrations in 1996. Interesting. It also came 16th in the Britain's Best Sitcom Poll, commissioned in 2004 on BBC Two. So won the Grand uh, Comedy Awards Best ITV Comedy, ironically, and the first National Television Award for Situation Comedy. Um, it's well known for its slightly political incorrectness and laddism, which is where that name kind of like was coined from. Um, we'll talk about the characters and then go on. So Martin Clunes, Martin Clunes, born Alexander Martin Clunes. <laughs> On the 28th of November 1961, in Wimbledon, uh, South West London. And uh, he's been going to 1982. One of his first ever acting roles um, was... Uh, was it no? first? He's, he's in Doctor Who, wasn't he? His first one was in Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I saw uh, that. And people, uh, people were knocking for that. Keep showing the clip. Going, yeah, yeah, he's really good in that episode. He really is. Um, he was in an evening with Gary Lineker. Uh, if you remember that, I remember. I do remember that. That's where it was. Where the, it was the uh, it was Paul Martin, wasn't it? It was in the world. Yeah, it was in the. Uh, it was in the foot, football World Cup, weren't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was in Staggered, which he starred and directed. Yes, I rather like, like that. Yeah, it's, that's one of them films. It starts off really funny and it goes really dark by then. It's really. It's quite it is dark, quite, isn't yeah, it? Because, it is, because he doesn't want. Because he doesn't want to get married. Uh, you see, that's what it's all about. You know. Um, Hunting Venus, The Booze Crew, Saving Grace, which I really quite like. Uh, he was in an episode of Jews and Buster in 1998. He was featured in Sweet Revenge and appeared as Richard Burbage in the Oscar-winning film Shakespeare in Love. Um, now, he plays Gary Strang. Gary operates a security sales office with two old-fashioned middle-aged subordinates. He also owns the flat that he and uh, flatmate Tony occupy. Gary's a man in his 30s and enjoys talks of girls and enjoys his and perpetual childhood with, of course, his best friend Tony. Gary, on occasions, makes a fool of himself... Foolishness that is quickly exploited by his girlfriend, Dorothy, and despite his stereotypical masculinity at heart, Gary is a gentle soul and does love Dorothy. Uh, Cal, your views on Gary Strang? Now, now, I always, you know, we'll go on to Tony in a minute, it's a very difficult, but Gary is a very complex character in this because, I always thought this because, like you said, that is the main thing about it. He really wanted to be a bad boy, doesn't he? Yeah. That's what he wants to be, but he's a complete wimp, <laughs> isn't he? And the thing is, he's not that laddie, really. Is it apart from you think? Mm. Apart from his drinking, 
Yeah. Right. That's the only thing that he does, lad. Him. He's got no experience of women in it because that's the point with Tony, isn't it? He's never, that's you know, uh, uh, yeah, but with Tony, why he loves yeah, Tony, yeah. thinking yeah. that's going to rub off on him. Yeah. As we'll go on in a minute, but. I think because he isn't laddie, and this is what I was saying, he's sort of like the Jack Lemon character. Yes, he is. Yeah, because he's got a quite a you know he's in charge of an office at this this place where two people work for him. He owns a flat. Yeah, he's, he's responsible. It's like that episode, isn't there, where they find out he's got loads of money in the bank as well, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So he's he's kind of looked after his money. He, oh, he's well. an idiot, and he isn't an idiot, but he's just bored in his life, mm. isn't he? We, you know, we sort of we can understand this. When you've done crap job for a long time, mm. you just get bored, don't you? So what do you do? You look for boozing and yeah. I was more like the Gary Strand character. I think you weren't far <laughs> off the Gary. So obviously, you weren't as because the thing with him, he, the thing we get, the one negative thing about Gary's character is he wasn't the most sympathetic. Was no, he? no, and that's his. That's his. Big that's downfall. his downfall. Isn't he doesn't really give a shit about anyone else, does no, he? No. He, you know, he does about Dorothy, but. But then, even then, though, that goes back on him because she ends up sleeping with somebody else. Well, she put, does that, well, does that see, so he, that's he where, she, where she's going to get married to someone else, isn't yeah, she? Yeah, because he cops off with other people, didn't he? And then, and then she does. Now, there's that part. brilliant episode where him and Tony are following around or yeah. where they have like a secret agent and he thinks he's got one over on her. And she goes, no, you're talking about, I'm sleeping with... Yeah, 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 it's the doctor, isn't it? And it's it? actually quite... Yeah, it is because so well he realises them. Really, he's yeah. an idiot. Because that's the thing with... The thing with his character in it, you're watching it, you're thinking, you an idiot, what did that for? Mm. Because he doesn't always treat Tony the best, does he? No, no. I mean, that scene that you just brought up, actually, I'm just thinking about it, because he's got the the, the, the scene on the, the uh, slide He's got the slide show, And he goes, and this is the person yeah, yeah. I think you've been seeing, and she takes the point, he's yeah. got a pointer, hasn't he, as yeah. well? Yeah. Like, and he goes, uh, if you notice that A has got his hand <laughs> on B's backside, yeah. that is because they're gay. I'm sleeping with C. Yeah, yeah. And it's the look on his face. Yeah, yeah. And it's so well done, because it's sort of like thinking of, she's sleeping with someone. Yeah. And you then realise that he's going to lose everything. And yeah, but quite... I think this, you know, at that age, your 30s, you, you, you know, especially for men, I think, you know, you're coming before your midlife crisis, you start mm. thinking, <laughs> we've talked about it before, don't we? Mm. You start thinking, oh, should I should I put it round a bit more? Mm. And that's what he's constantly thinking, Gary, isn't it? Yeah. Should should there be should more notches it? on the bed? Yeah, should, sh- you know? should should I've been be more women? Oh, I must be a failure from a man. Mm. And I always think a lot of it was I don't want to get too deep about it, but a lot, a lot of investigation and of manliness in this okay. because. What made him, what makes him feel like a man in that is drinking, yeah. drinking with Tony and talk about women. Mm. But when he actually comes to it, he's terrible with women and he's responsible. Well, there's that episode as well where he goes on about um, that all uh, Deborah, who, who's the one that Tony fancies, ends up going to college, doesn't he? And all those college kids come round and they go, oh, they're off to rave. So they go to that they sit up their own rave thing in the pub and he does that really embarrassing dancing. And it is dad dancing. He's old before his time, really, isn't he? Well, he's he's in his late middle thirties, him towards late thirties, as I said, our age now. Yeah, and there does come to a point where you start to look embarrassing if you're trying to do yeah, yeah. what kids are 21 exactly. you can't, you can't, we can't dance no, no. like we did well, no. we, could dance, no, no, much, but we can't dance like we can no, jump no. up and down a bit fair play no. you can go to these places yeah. and enjoy yourself but, but it's like trying to but act don't, like, yeah, but and that's the thing with them mm. they, it's like they've got like uh, what's the word I'm looking for like tethered to the youth aren't they yeah. and they can't let it go and where Dorothy He's like, we gotta, he gotta go up now, Gary, mm. and he won't, will he? And, and he? He sort of never does, really. Where Tony, does, doesn't he? Yeah, we're talking about Yeah, I mean, there is that always thing. I mean, one to quote the fourth. So, what's the point in getting old if you can't be a child? Sometimes, yeah. And it's perfectly fine to be a bit. I mean, we are. I mean, let's face it. We, 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 we know. I still collect comics. You still collect. Yeah, anything I mean, to do with zombie heads. Yeah, around, but, but there is a point where you have to think to yourself. 
yeah, we, we don't do that anymore. No. It's a bit embarrassing. It's hard to give it up because mm. that's what men like to men like to act like children. Yeah. There's no doubt that you get and that's the reason why we still keep our Xbox and that game. It's true. <laughs> Men get, you get a group of women together, yeah. and what they do, they'll slack off their husbands, or they'll talk about babies and fashion. But men just talk stupid. Yeah, and if you're a woman out there, please let us know if that's exactly what you talk about, because no, that's no, what no. we think. It's a general, no, I'm just talking as a general thing, you know, that some girls get together and have a... To be fair, our wives get together, and they do, all they do is slag us off when we're in front of them. Exactly, yeah. I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah fair mm. play. Um, anyway, going on to uh, Tony Smart, played by Neil Morrissey. Now, Neil Morrissey born Neil Anthony Morrissey, 4th of July 1962, uh, in Stafford, in Staffordshire. And uh, he's had uh, quite uh, an interesting uh, life. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Now, he plays Tony Smart uh, from Series 2 onwards. Tony is Gary's good-looking, semi-stud flatmate who is forever in love and always obsessed with the blonde babe upstairs, Deborah. Tony is softer than Gary and at times even more childish than him. And Tony drifts from job to job and fails to pay his rent to Gary like his flatmate. Uh, Tony enjoys girls, lager and internal childhood. Despite Gary's initial reservations, Tony soon replaces Dermot in the role of Gary's best friend uh, now Neil Morrissey's uh, first role was in 1984 playing Abel Seaman Matthew Quintle in The Bounty alongside Mel Gibson Anthony Hopkins and Lawrence Olivier that's not a bad first role was it yeah I, didn't, I, didn't, I really didn't know a lot of that film he's very very young in it, it was, yeah, yeah. Uh, in 1984 he also appeared in episode 5 of the police drama Juliet Bravo shown on BBC One and Morrissey though shot to fame in the mid 1980s as dim biker Rocky yeah. in the ITV drama series Boone in 1990 he played Lee Wilder of Noddy in the British spoof horror film I Bought a Vampire really Motorcycle film, all the way around Birmingham yeah. uh, which involved many of the actors from Boone in fact virtually all the actors from Boone <laughs> was in that um, so Carl uh, Tony now again now, now I always think with Tony he's the, you know he's the classic in, it's like Emma says I was talking to her, uh, my wife about this last night I said, she said, oh, I didn't like it. Well, like, you know, it was a very bloke. It's a very much It was a very bloke. Yeah. He goes, oh, I couldn't say it because of Tony. I said, why is it all? He's like, every mate has got the irritating mate. <laughs> yeah, that's why I say it's true. It's true, isn't it? Yeah. Guess what Nick Frost played on mm. with Simon Pegg, wasn't it? Yeah. In Spaced. I'm not saying that because every girl mm. has got a, must have a mate. You think, oh, God, I wish they wouldn't. Yeah. I don't want to say something there. No, you're, no, just gest- you're just gesturing <laughs> something, but I won't say it. Uh, but there you go, and it's the same. Every man has got that irritating mate. Who he might to you, he's your best mate. Yeah, but to everyone else, to, to, to women especially, it's like oh, fuck, I like it when you when he's not around. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And yeah. it is true, isn't he? So sort of, he was playing a caricature of that character. But he was a not, the thing with him. He, there was not a bad bone in his body. No, he's that character. His Gary, there was. Yeah. Gary could be vindictive and nasty. <laughs> he could be, couldn't he? Mm. And. Where Tony, he did it because he was like, I think, you know, the classic American term. He's like a doofus, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, he's not a bad person. There's that episode where he has to get glasses, you remember that one? Oh, and that's he it. And, and he won't do it because he, he thinks it makes him look yeah. good. Yeah, and they're sitting there on the sofa and he walks in and he sits down and he slowly takes his glasses case out and opens them up and they're all, and he, cause they're all cracking up. And he slips them on like that. And uh, and they all burst out laughing, and I only once he goes, oh come on, don't be, don't make a spectacle of yourself. Yeah, and he just go on about. It. But what makes me laugh is that it's the first time I ever heard anybody call glasses bins. Yeah, you've got to put your bins on. Let's have a look. Well, it was, he just constantly having a go. It was it was as if he was there for Gary's amusement, wasn't it? Mm. Wasn't it? Because I said weirdly, 
I always assumed that it was his friend from a long time ago, but he wasn't. He only met him after he met. He was Harry Enfield's mate. He's meant to be that character's mate. He wasn't kind he? of yeah, and he just answers the. He the answers answer. the. But I always assumed because I never watched the first series. Mm. Oh, he must have been in it somewhere. But no, he wasn't. I've seen the, I've seen the first series since. Yeah, since it's been on. And it's a little bit like. Why did Harry Enfield? He, he, I think it might, it might be in the script a little bit later on. I think, but um, if it is, I'll just won't read it out. But uh, he left it on his own accord. Harry Enfield did. Because, so he wasn't sacked or anything. No, no, no. He realised that he wasn't. He, he couldn't compete. Not compete, but he felt that he wasn't doing the, the series. And you think how big Harry Enfield was around then? Oh yeah. He well, was he one of the biggest stars in Britain. He said he was a stand-up comedian. He's not, an, and he's a very good writer. Yeah. But he said he just he just didn't feel right doing the role, and so voluntarily left. He was always a bit weird in things when he weren't. Yeah. There's no uh, doubt. We can. Uh, I know you look. And I'm back not now. a Harry Enfield fan. I must admit, I'm I not think a it's hard, yeah, but I think fan. it's hard to look back now because you don't really know how big that was. Because mm. without Harry Enfield, you wouldn't have got the fast show. No. There's no doubt that. He, he brought that stupid kind of, and of course, sketch show together. He raised uh, Lillian. Well, see, well, I think in, that's why they all love Harry Enfield, don't mm. they? And like I said, you don't hardly ever see him. And he, you know, he no, does that. No. He does his shows. If, Every now and again, he does his show. Paul Paul White White but I, I, I always have this opinion with Harry Enfield that he's missed out on something because I think he's a talent that... Okay, yeah, he was one of the big mainstream things in the late eighties with political satire, well, he and loads of money, and that, loads of money, and, and all that, and, and then later with Tim Nice, what did, which was all very good, yeah. all very well. But I just think like Rowan Atkinson made it big, really. With I suppose worldwide with Mr Bean, yeah, you know, as we all we all think Rowan Atkinson's best stuff is his stand up stuff, and also his, his obviously Blackadder. There is something about Harry Enfield where I just think he's he's lost his chance, and I think he. He could have really been. Well, he could have been massive. But, he, but he, again, when you think about now, maybe he didn't want to. Well, that's you, know, you think about it. When Harry Enfield and Chums was massive, wasn't he? Yeah, when you we were, were young, both people in America don't know that it was a massive show, mm. not bigger than the Fast Show and anything like that. Then all of a sudden, he just he just went off the TV. He didn't see him again for years. Yeah. Then it's only been the last few years that he's popped back up with Paul Whitehouse doing them them shows. Well, of course, well, not Michael, but the mass people love him. Didn't well, they? He was big in spitting image, wasn't he? That yeah. was where he's thinking. There's no time. doubt he's a talented yeah. bloke, Harry Enfield, because course, he wrote most of the yeah, stuff. Didn't it's he? just I think I think Mike obviously my humour in the eighties was slightly different because I was going to more towards American yeah. humour. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of missed me, but uh, but yeah, but I mean, I think I think Neil Morrissey. I mean, let's let's just talk about Neil Morrissey. Uh, uh, his, his own private life has been very tall. He's he, a very he, interesting character. Yeah, isn't he it? was he was uh, brought up in a not a Boston, sorry, no, in, uh, mean, uh, a children's home, yeah. uh, and and he ended up. You know, really sorting his own life out I mean, in quite harsh means. You know, I mean, he well, he's lived his life hard. through the the media because there was the Amanda Holden thing and Les Dennis weren't yeah, there. Yeah, well, he and, got you know, I know people say oh, you shouldn't talk about that, but that is a big part of the yeah, yeah, that, that happened. In, I mean, he he was going out with a woman called Elizabeth Carling in '91. His space was Amanda Noir, '1987 to '91 divorce, and he saw Elizabeth Carling in '91, and then. Uh, was with Amanda Holden in 2000, which of course then resulted in the breakup of uh, her marriage to... And it was Les big Dennis. news, wasn't it, at the very, time? Very because news. Amanda Holden was the new thing. She was Miss Titley in um, yeah, the Grim- she, Grimleys, wasn't it? Yeah, she was the golden girl. She, she's the good-looking blonde coming mm. up. And he was still in that, you know, I don't think people realise how big men behaving badly. He was like 14, 15 million people oh, watching it, wasn't it? Yeah. Les Dennis was still a big thing because Family Fortunes was a really big mm. show. And it was a really mad thing and everyone felt really... And he sort of didn't do Neil Morrissey any favours, did he? Yeah, he didn't, no. I mean, because he was supposed to be not that nice a person around that fame, was he? No, no. And I, think, I, I still get the opinion that he's not very nice. There's lo- loads of people have said it on that. I didn't see but there's that show where he was going to open up that pub. I, saw I didn't that, see that. Yeah. People are saying he'd come across as not that he, nice. Yeah, 
that was a program. In fact, the beer was very good, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think his mate was called something Fox. Now, the pub they handed back over because they couldn't keep it going. And they, they did the cardinal symbol that if you're going to do that, I, you know, yeah. I, I, I do not, I know I do another yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. called Tippercast, but you, you know, you have to appreciate your customer. If you go to a country village where they've always had the pub yeah. and you take it over, you have to listen to those people because yeah, that's like your bar, customer. Yeah. And turn it around and yeah, bring, if you're going to bring food, yeah, that's fine. But don't, they escalated the beer prices and nobody went. Yeah. You can't do that to no, those no. pubs, you know. You can't, it's a cardinal sin. And yet, he did, the other guy, the, the, I can't remember his name, I'm sure it's somebody did Fox. But he was the kind of chef, the guy who knew it all. He came across the right. But Neil Morrissey, he was busy off, uh, doing Waterloo Road at that oh, point. Yeah. Um, but he came across as a bit of a prima donna, a bit of a, yeah. I don't want to get my nails dirty kind of thing, you know. And he didn't come across too right. But, I mean, he didn't care. I mean, he's, he's, he is as he is, you know. Yeah. I, I do but have, I think in the same way, though, there was like Martin Clunes when he was young. He went for a stage where he was playing up and he stopped it. Didn't he move that to London? Yeah, moved that to London, no, I was think like, that was his wife. There was lots of rumours about Martin Clunes. He's supposed to be yeah. a bit of an arsehole. But look, a lot of people would be when they first got loads of money. There's no doubt he liked going out, let's put it like that, didn't he? He's famous for it, right? But he stopped it, didn't he? I think he realised that... I'm not going to be liked in the industry. And you think of Martin Clunes' career, it's probably not gone up, but, you know, you think of all he's been, everything he's done since has been big. Well, Martin Clunes uh, was married to Lucy Aston from 1990 to 1997, divorced. Yeah. And then Pippa, uh, Philippa Braithwaite, 97 to present, who I think was the person who really got him on the straight now. Yeah. Martin Clunes' career has rocketed skywards. I mean, he's most well known now for, he does a lot of uh, documentaries as well, doesn't he? Like, cause he loves the going lemurs uh, and the lemurs. The lemurs, he loves horse going power on. one. Oh, yeah, and the horse, yeah, the, which is actually, I mean, not Michael, but yeah, yeah, so he's, got, he's got a dog's one, hasn't he? Yeah. But also, he's most well known for playing Dot Martin. Yeah, so course, I don't watch that, but that is massive, isn't well, it? Well, the Duck character Dot Martin actually came from the film Saving Grace with Bill Bailey bit, which is all. But you know, and I quite like. I never like. I never wanted to get into Dark Mind. I didn't really want to watch it. Yeah. I saw my kind of Sunday night. But, but my wife turned around and and I sat down and watched it. And you know what? I really enjoyed it. I think they've gone as far as they can with it now. I think he knows that himself. Yeah, he said it a nice scene, but I, I really want. And now he's doing the Admiral adverts, playing Martin Clunes. I think really was. Yeah, and like I said, and, and I know because it's weird, isn't it? Because every time he comes on. People talk about that, and he's not out. He's not bothered. He, he said he might. They might do it. Well, yeah. So I read an interview him on the back of the Radio Times last week, and he was saying, uh, "Do you think you'll do maybe anybody?" Because honestly, no, because we've all moved on. It's now. the age now, well, isn't yeah, it? He said, it, it know, he's the age. It's a bit like what the reason why Rick Man and Adrian Emerson stopped doing bottomers because the fact that they're in their late forties, early fifties now, and you know, smacking someone over the head with a phone pan is all very well and good, but it's, got, it's still going to have that essence of believability. Uh, uh, yeah, as well as you know, and Leslie Ash. Looks mm. it. Looks well, a bit weird these days. She, does, so, she doesn't look as bad now. No, but it, it, it's going to be quite hard to explain well, why looking like that. Carolyn yeah. Quentin had a breakdown, didn't she? Went to, well, yeah. I mean, let's, let's go yeah, on to yeah, Sorry, sorry, I'm jumping ahead. Sorry. Um, now, Dorothy Martin, straight Dorothy Bishop, um, played by Carolyn Quinton. Dorothy is Gary's, Gary's sharp-tongued girlfriend who's a nurse. She lives with her parents due to the fact that her mother threatens to kill herself if she moves out. Dorothy loves Gary, however, his immaturity and other aspects of his character caused the pair to occasionally drift apart. Dorothy is not always treated satisfactorily by Gary, being lied to and occasionally cheated on. Oh, yeah. She doesn't hesitate to get her revenge by humiliating Gary and cheating on him herself, though... Uh, though Dorothy's surname is not mentioned in dialogue in early episodes of the series Dorothy's name pad shows it is to be Martin this is later changed to Bishop in the later series now Carolyn Quinton was um, most well known to a certain degree of being married to Paul Merton Paul Martin, until, yeah. until their uh, well Merton's initial breakdown 
and also then uh, Quinton's uh, breakup with uh, Paul Merton. Um, she was one of the key figures on, on uh, Whose Line It Is Anyway. Oh, that, sure. yeah, it's hard to remember that now. And, and of course, the Gary Lineker. Uh, yeah, I remember in that as well. Yeah, I remember in that, yeah. Not much else, really. She's, the recent thing has been that. Um, is it like playing the detective, is it? Something like that? I should be on is she in um, that thing with uh, Alan Davis? She was in the first series of Jonathan Creek. That's I think. it, yeah. yeah. I never watched that. Yeah. No, I didn't watch I just that. Didn't think, you well, think that, that was on when we were at Heightened. Then we weren't watching that. That was in that Heightened, maybe, behaving badly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I think, I mean, she plays the role really well. Um, and she really, I think Dorothy is a great, a great character. And it's, a, again, really good to have, you know, this, this program could be really construed as a male-dominated programme. And it is to a degree, but... The yeah. role of Dorothy mainly is a very, very strong female. Well, character. I tell you, you just read it. You think about. It, you're going to read a bit about Lizzie Ash now. You mm. think all them four actors have all led really interesting lives. Yeah, that's what makes it. They're not bland comedians in that. No. They've all got. They've all had issues with fame, uh, sobriety, infidelity, mental. They've all had that, and mm. I think that's that's what made it. People loved it so much because they all their lives. And madder than the characters <laughs> because in the characters they all live quite normal lives. Yeah, and they all quite normal looking. I mean, and, and this, exactly. you know, this, no, no offense at all to Carol. Actually, no, it's probably actually I, I should say it's a um, a positive remark that Carolyn Quinton is looks normal. like a normal looking yeah, woman. Yeah. Well, that's uh, it. Yeah, Martin Clunes normal, normal looking bloke. He's got big big ears and that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, things. and that's what's nice about this kind of program where she's a very strong female character. Um, well, she was stronger than Gary. Stronger than all of them. Yeah. She was the strongest character in the whole. Yeah. And people bang on about what's his name, Just Whedon, uh, writing about strong female characters. I'm sorry, Simon Nye was doing this earlier on, and he, he nailed it. He's been around. Oh god, yeah, definitely. Uh, now the other female character, Deborah Burton, played by Leslie Ash. Deborah is an attractive blonde woman. I suppose uh, who lives in the flat she was in the time if it could have been yeah okay uh, Gary and Tony Deborah works in a restaurant although partially attracted to Tony his selfishness immaturity and other aspects of his character push her away just as they begin to get close Deborah is frequently changing her mind about Tony a character she both loves and loathes simultaneously of course that changed towards the end yeah um, which got a little bit it's, oh, like, uh, it, it's, it's so a bit it, like that friend scenario it, it, yeah, exactly it's like what can we do with the characters mm. oh you might as well put them. I always think that was the cop out with the end of it the way it got was was Leslie Ash was Quadrophenia the first thing? Oh yeah, I, mean, I know she's been around for she's been uh, she's been around, been around, yeah. around. <laughs> but no, that was the first thing because I really fancy thought Leslie Ash was really gorgeous in that. And, yeah, uh, she does get it up the alleyway. <laughs> yeah. no, and that's no, not no, a no, euphemism. That's not a euphemism. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. No, she does it. There's a classic scene in uh, in Quadrophenia where they sneak up the alleyway and they have sex. If you like that film, everyone likes that bit. Yeah. It's like people go there all the while to do it. No, they've stopped it now. They've gated it off, haven't they? Because everyone's going up there, dirty people. Um, but yeah, Leslie Ash uh, had very much a, uh, an interesting life. Cal, do you want to elaborate more on that? Because you probably know a bit more about that too. Football, and I'm not too mm. sure who Well, she sort of. She's sort of, yeah, again, a bit like a golden girl of TV at the time, but a, a private life hmm. was sort of out, a bit out of control. She married a footballer called Lee Chapman, who was a really big footballer in the early night, played for Leeds. Not Lee Sharp. No, no, Lee Chapman. He played, for, played for Leeds and played for England. And I think, how could I put it, they had quite a tempestuous relationship, yeah. didn't they? That's, mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, you're working out yourself by yeah. by that. Right, it's Google. famous what Google. went on. Yeah. And, and she kept going back to him and then she started getting into the rounds of plastic surgery and this is where her career died because of that Oof, didn't it seriously there was a very famous picture 
all of a sudden, the one day, I remember everyone was going, have you saw that picture of Leslie Ash in the paper? Mm. It was where the thing come from, the trout paper. Yeah. She'd had some collagen or something put in her Into lips. Into her top lip, was it? And it had gone wrong. And she was never the same after that, was no. she? And, and that's all people talked about and are still do now. Before this come on, we talked about it. And what did you talk about? Oh, she looks a bit weird now. Yeah. Well, she was, I think her... She this was, this was, after, this was after men behaving badly. And she was in the bill. And there is a scene in the bill where you look and she does look like she's, someone's punched her, punched her straight in the face. Yeah. It's a shame, really. I mean... She looks a lot better now. I think I don't know whether that was able to reverse it or do something because I know it had a bad effect. Yeah. On her. But you're right; it, it did ruin a, a career. And is she married to Lee, Lee Sharp now? Is she? No, no, Lee Chapman. Lee Chapman. Uh, I don't know if she's still with him because after what went on, well, she ended up. He was, arre- he was arrested, and then yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. But then she, she was also hospitalised because she didn't she do it nearly break her back, and apparently the excuse was that I was having rather yeah. frantic uh, sex, sex, and, and uh, fell off the bed. No, he'd obviously he'd obviously be. He beat well, her up. We don't, we don't know that, but I think you know you can read. <laughs> Between the lines and it. Let's, let's Do you know what I mean? You're thinking he's putting on to that. <laughs> I like the way that actually, as you said that, the screen on my computer went blank. Yeah, yeah, it's like censoring me. <laughs> um, but it's like, yeah, and this, this, this is the interesting thing. Or, you know, you think about that. That's four quite interesting lives, yeah, actors. Yeah, it? it is, isn't it? Really, it really you think is. Uh, okay, uh, Dermot Povey, who is, of course, Harry Enfield in uh, Series 1. We've already talked about Harry, but let's just talk about his character. Dermot is Gary's original flatmate, featured only in one series. Like Tony, Dermot is forever failing to pay his way at Gary's flat and desperately in love with Deborah. Dermot both lies and cheats in the attempt to garner success with Deborah. However, like Tony, he fails miserably. Now, Tony and Dermot are similar in character. Uh, just a bit. <laughs> yeah, although Dermot is slightly more stressed and neurotic, he's only mentioned twice after his departure. Oh, the no. first to explain that he simply is not coming home, and the second in the first episode of Series 5, when Dorothy calls him to Gary, uh, in which he replies, did I tell you that he got a job at Euro Disney testing rides? And that's the only that's time he's well. mentioned. Yeah, because, you know, it's weird you were saying earlier that it went really big when it went to after post-watershed. When you think about it, what was in post-watershed in that? Yeah. Because, you know, I think if that was on now, he'd probably gone at half eight. Mm. That shows you how, how, how tastes have got broader. Because I suppose at the time, that was the first time we'd had uh, a film, a, well, a TV programme, that uh, encompassed, like, drinking culture. Mm. Like, now, yeah. it's quite acceptable to be like that. But then I don't think it was at what? Well, Blokes like getting really drunk and talking about I think, women. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's sort of, like, gone, reversed itself slightly now, hasn't it, where it's... Now gone from the lad culture to reverse into the well, lad culture. Like I said, it's like such a big time. The, 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 the big... football kind of like was, lad is, you know, Well, you think, I always say this, it was, you yeah, had yeah, Euro 96 mm. where everyone went madly into football. Yeah. James Brown brought Outloaded. Yeah. And there's no doubt whether you like that magazine or not, that changed the face of magazines. Because you, 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 you had the first copy and everything of that. I still, I think, still the got copy. it. The original first year of Loaded was brilliant with Piers Henry doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was absolutely brilliant. They used to have really mad things. Do you remember that? I remember that one where they had that bloke doing cocaine and playing football. Yes, yeah. yeah. And they used to, and uh, Piers Henry going with a prostitute yeah, and doing yeah, dogging. Yeah. And it was, re- <laughs> it was no. But you think about that then. You see loaded now, and all it is, it's it's just loads and loads of girls. But then it was like a proper yeah, which is all very good. But you, you want some interesting stories, isn't it? But and I that's what loaded. What these figures of FHM was the same. Was brilliant. Remember how good that was? That was really good in the night. At about the same time, and now it's, now it's not. And, but, you know, blood culture for about four years was massive. You went to the pub, you played football, and you read Loaded, wasn't mm, you? And, yeah. and, and that's how big it was, because the word, uh, the, not the word, um, TGR Fridays was on. 
with Chris yeah, Evans. Chris Evans. Evans was part yeah, of that lad getting, culture yeah. thing, weren't Danny he? Baker, he used to love all that. He used definitely. to love that Chris oh, Evans show, Chris, didn't he? Yeah, I used to love the original, the original series of yeah. uh, TFI. Yeah, he used to have the big breakfast on with Johnny Vaughan and uh, Dennis Van Aten. Yeah, Big Breakfast was great. I used to take that. You know, <laughs> this was a whole time of our life. I think the five years, it's how big that culture was. When it was all right to be a bit leery, wasn't mm. it? You know, I like, I'm not embarrassed to be drinking. And that's what this comedy said. Well, well, you know, we've got nothing else in our lives. And, and now we've got drunk. Broken Britain. America, Britain. <laughs> um, so let's have some other characters. Um, we've got George, played by Ian Lindsay, an old shy cardigan-wearing office worker, both he and Anthea. Uh, our tolerant ears for Gary to moan at his problems. George leads a very un- unambitious life. His wife Marjorie he's never seen. We've seen productions of dramas like Doctor Zavago and others. George is also a huge fan of the 1960s folk group The Seekers. Uh, Anthea, played by Valerie Meneef, probably said that wrong, sorry. An introverted spinster secretary who, like George, is very old-fashioned and Gary is known to take out his frustrations on Anthea. One of his more common punishments would be to lock her in the office cupboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, they were quite good little characters. Yeah, the, yeah, but the thing is, he, he, he saw George as his future, didn't he? This is what yeah, he was scared and of. Was scared and that's of. why he was bitter about yeah. her. Because yeah. he knew. Yeah. And if, like, if I was... So if you had that show, I'm now, the city now, when they're about 50, he'd still be working in that office. He'd still be in that company. Yeah. Yeah, he'd probably to look like George. George. Yeah, no. And I think that's what I would have done with it. But I'm not going to. Now, there's two other characters, both the, the landlords of the Crown. Uh, first was Les, played by Dave Atkins, the dribbly landlord of the Crown. The pub that the main characters frequent, Les is known for his disgusting manner and his service of offering locals a goodbye gherkin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ken, who came later, was played Brilliant. by John Thompson. He replaced the landlord of the Crown from Series 5 onwards. He was the best, he was the best, he was the best one, wasn't he? Yeah, Ken has never managed a pub before, and so he's <laughs> clueless regarding to pub terminology. Uh, and with common practice, he got the position because his brother was sleeping with the brewery's personal yeah, manager, yeah. Mrs. Swift. Um, so, uh, other characters include Clive, a friend of Gary's who never appears on screen. No, no, you never saw him, did you? you never, I always loved that. He always mentioned him. Yeah. It's... Now, writer Simon Nye played the minor role of Clive in Series 6 wearing a bright green suit, of course, in the background. Also, Neville appears in Series 2 with Tony running the store adjacent to him. So, he's not actually on screen, but you see him in the background wearing you the know, jersey. Was he, you, know, you tell you what, as well, I'm sure he was well when he was in one. Do you remember when we Gary's wedding? Yeah. And there was someone filming oh, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, could be that, yeah. And there's that brilliant bit where he's filming up and he goes, Can I have a lift? He goes, Get it, you tosser. And he's like running after and he's just on his own running and they're all yeah, cars driving away. That is brilliant, that. That's yeah. a brilliant you tosser. That and that scene at the one where uh, Gary he drives his car into that tree. Oh no, that's one of my favourite bits. That was on the other day, that was. That's when he's trying to give up smoking, isn't he? <laughs> And uh, Tony's looking out the window for the binoculars and he sees him, doesn't he? And he sees him and then just leg it. Just leg it. Well, that, that might include he's just leg it. <laughs> yeah. It's brilliant. Um, now, the uh, the show is based on Simon O's 1989 book of the same title. What? TV producer, yeah, Val Virtue, came across the novel and tracked it down. Tracked down Believing he was suited for television adapter, Harry Enfield was then cast first and persuaded Martin Clunes that he should join the show. Uh, in 1994, the show went to the BBC and it aired for a further four series, and this is the reason why it became so successful. Now, there's some uh, little bit of trivia and facts here I'll read for you, Cal. A brief sequence was included in Comic Relief 1997, titled Men Behaving Very Badly Indeed, and featured a guest appearance by Kylie Minogue. Uh, although, oh, because you always talked about Kylie Minogue, didn't yeah. they? always talking about it. Although references to her were in the series, this sketch had her showing up at the flat with both Gary and Tony failing to recognise her. It was released on DVD as part of the 2002 VCR release, Seriously Funny. Another brief appearance was for Comic Relief 1999, 
which showed a swinging 60s version of the show via recently discovered black and white footage known as The Naughty Boys. Ah, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Women Exercising Madly features the four main characters in the short scene at the start while the main content is Debs and Dorothy taking part in a humorous exercise video intercut with scenes from other series before the girls get home and collapse with exhaustion. After his departure from the show, a regular sketch in Harry Enfield's television programme featured the character of 1950s television presenter, Mr Chumbly Warner. Uh, <laughs> in one episode, he looks at the future of television and among the envisaged programmes were one called Men Behaving Spendedly. Ah, oh, that's quite a good little thing, isn't it? Uh, Cludes and Morrissey travelled to Australia to make and host star in the series Men Down Under, which featured them as themselves rather than as their characters exploring Aussie bloke culture. I've, oh God, yeah. <clears throat> now, the thing is, there's Tenny a Penny in them, aren't they? But there wasn't then, was there? No, that's the no. episode going to like a country. I'd quite like to say yeah, that. Yeah, that's watch that again, isn't actually. It? Uh, Morrissey and Ash appeared together after the series ended, but using their real names in a series of advertisements for the national DIY chain Homebase. Well, that's how big them bloody characters, how big that was. Mm. And, you know, I think it's hard now because we haven't got, if, you know, if, if there was a sitcom on there that got 14 million people, there just wouldn't be any more, would that? No, no. Where, I mean, you know, you go to work and everyone had saw it. Uh, you know, the last time, it, you know, it weren't as big as Only Fools and Horses because in Britain, that's just, it's just on its own. No. But it weren't far off. But I'd say for the age range it was at, yeah. it was the highest It weren't point. as good as Only Fools and Horses. It just wasn't because no. I think towards the end... Well, it's not repeated, is it? No, no. Which is yeah, that's it. It's after what, um, you know, the, weirdly, I've been watching them, they've been repeating them on uh, UK Gold, oh. and towards the end, you can see they're just sort of running out of ideas. There's that one episode where they're just sitting... In the and the end, I know you. I thought you were going to put the clip on, aren't you? Oh, is that Where, the Star Trek one? The and it's like, yeah, yeah, they've run out of ideas, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I know what you're saying, you want it to come back. I think it ended well, didn't it? Well, we started, because we started, Tony grew up, didn't he? Tony grew up, he said, he was a postman. postman and, I mean, we, we started off that, the actual podcast with the clip from, from uh, Star yeah, Trek, yeah. Mr. Sulu, Swillian Man, and his chair. Yeah. And if I do put the other clip in, it'll be already in here. How do you think they clean their windscreen? What, the uh, big windscreen at the front? Yeah. Probably got a um, uh, device. Yeah. Well, it's not likely you go on a long space trip and you get back and there's loads of midges stuck to your windscreen. <laughs> Although there is space debris, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. What is that? Bits of um, old helmet. <laughs> Little run over space creatures. When you get a dead space badger coming at your windscreen, it walks back to two. That's going to leave a nasty smear, isn't it? Space, the final frontier. Makes you think, eh? Wouldn't it be weird if it wasn't the final frontier? If there was space and space and space and space... Space, 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 space. And then suddenly, milk. Milk, going on forever and ever. Then it would be milk, the final frontier. And <laughs> um, there was an American remake. I thought there was. It was. Uh, 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 Can you guess who's in it? Uh, well, uh, it's uh, some. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to. I'm going to carry on because I don't want to. No, no, no. Okay, no. He was actually set in Indianapolis, Indiana. The show starred Ron Aldard and Rob Schneider. 
Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider and oh, Justine Bateman. Uh, Justin Bateman. Now, Justin Elder... Bateman? Jason Bateman in as well? Justine Bateman. Oh, no, I thought you said just Jason Bateman. <laughs> no, apparently Eldard and Bateman left after the first season replaced by Ken Marino and Janika Burge. I have no idea who they are. Apologies. Um, now, a little bit, one bit of trivia in this, apparently. In the early series, Gary had a driving licence and was shown having hired a car to spy on Dorothy as seen in season four, episode, uh, episode two, Infidelity. In season three, episode two, bed is seen borrowing Dorothy's car to go to the chemist to buy the. Yeah, that's that really brilliant. That's a really good yeah, episode. That that is. Is. But by season six, apparently he can't drive. Yeah, he's I, never driven. Seen episode, uh, it's a bit of a continuity error, isn't it? That's quite bad. But there again, he lies all the time. But, so that's maybe well, having money. Exactly, you're right there. Exactly right. You never know with Gary because yeah. he constantly goes on all the way through that. He's got no money. You find that he's loaded, yeah. and he's like, "Oh, my dad's horrible," and his dad turns up, and his dad was really, really nice. nice. And it's just him, him, horrible. Yeah, and that's the thing with it all. That's the same difference we met with a. The difference with uh, the odd couple, mm. deep down in the odd couple, none of them are horrible. Both nice people just lost and they found each other and it made them a whole. Even though they weren't a man and a woman, it made them a whole. Mm. Where this, they were, because Gary, he, 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 like I said, he, he liked well, to... Ga- Gary wanted to be Tony. Tony wanted, wanted to be, be Gary. Gary yeah. mm. and, but he undermined Tony all the while, didn't he? He may have been his friend. That's what he thought, because yeah. he worked in a record shop, didn't he? That was his thing. Yeah, that was his thing. Yeah, so, but a brilliant series. It was a brilliant series. Like I, I said, I it's, a bit, it's a bit dated now, some yeah. of the jokes, I mean, I and like, it's pre-mobile phone, it just seems really weird just now. Really weird. And I did say to you, didn't I, because I don't own it on DVD, and I was thinking, when I was, when I was, because you can't get, the trouble is, is that, the reason why there's no clips on here, unless I have put that one in, you'll only know, listeners, um, but it's so visual a lot of the time, it's a lot of visual gags. And also, there's a lot, lot of breaking wind and all that. Kind it's of stuff. a lot of facial expression. It's not, it's not a like the breaking wind thing with Dorothy. Oh, oh yeah, the, brilliant. Yeah. And that's, least, that's all very well and good, but just putting it on an, on an audio podcast. No. <laughs> just and I said, it's, like, it's the mood of it, because I think if you took it out of context, you think that looks a bit crap. Because yeah, 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 yeah. it's just them two sitting there watching the telly that you can't see. But it was a whole well, I suppose, mood. But I suppose when you think about it, though, later on, stuff like with friends, it was just them sitting in the coffee shop. Oh yeah, uh, in, a, in a million miles away. Yeah, like I said, the post watershed thing. It just it wouldn't be the post watershed. Uh, that's why it's called a sitcom. Yeah. So there you go. So you you, you um, would you if if it was a decent price, would you buy it or don't you? You know, when I was watching it the other night, the actual picture quality is terrible. Mm. If they did remastered ones, I won't, you know, you've been caught with the BBC buying crappy transfers. Well, yeah, now. I mean, to be fair, I won't unless it's got to entertain on it. I won't buy it because my around the world nowadays, which. You know, I'm oh sorry, if you're going around the world, you're going to see some beautiful lands- landscapes. Because you were saying it's nearly unwatchable, isn't it, some of it? You don't put it on Blu-ray. You can only watch it. If you ain't got a DVD player, you can't watch it. Because, I mean, it looks bad on DVD. It just looked like what it was when it was first broadcast in 1988. Mm. You know, it's a shame. But the reason the BBC, weirdly, the BBC are not into this... Touching thing, well, and I, I don't I know why. They are. I mean, to entertain you, take over like that. I mean, they do all the Doctor Who stuff, and they they do a fantastic job. And they also do the Red Dwarf stuff as well. Yeah. You know, I think they need to. You know, I mean, but there again, it wouldn't surprise you the BBC just turn around. Oh no, we're not going to bother giving you any more work, which wouldn't surprise you. Oh yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's that. You know, they don't. You think a comedy on BBC? What is it? I don't even know what it is anymore. I don't know. Don't know. What, what big sitcom is around at the moment? There's My one. family. That's Even though everyone number. hates it. Outnumbered. Outnumbered's the biggest, mm. probably the biggest thing. I've never And that's not on at the moment. No. <laughs> oh, no so like I said, if you look back in decades and thingy, right, you can always find a big sitcom. Yeah. In Britain, loads of them. But at the moment, nothing. It. It's, it's the last the massive thing they had, I think, massive was The Office. Yeah. That oh, was massive. One, an epi- uh, a future podcast? 
We are going to do that. Aren't we? we are going to do that. Now, would you like to tell the good listeners what we are doing on next? Ooh, it's one of uh, our month, personal favorites. The next, the next big as one. A, as if, like I said, uh, I was going to say to this earlier, you know, my thing is horror films, and I've been itching to do a horror <laughs> film, and we are going to do. I wouldn't say I can say the daddy of all horrors because it isn't the dad, but it was no. a film that me and you watched when we were young, and it sort of blew us away. It's yes. called Bad Taste. It is Peter Jackson's Bad Taste from 1987, which took some like four years to film. Um, it's a fantastic film. So if you do get the chance to go and watch it on Netflix or yeah. Love Film, probably not on Love and Film. All, and all, all we can say is if you're a fan of Peter Jackson, you're expecting Lord of the Rings. It's a very different. Well, this film was made, this film was made with no money. Let's not talk about it because we're no, no, no. But seriously, I mean, it, it is low budget without a shadow of a doubt. Brilliant. But when you look at the fact that he did all of his own sets and he built all of the own monsters in his oven in his mum and dad's house, it's groundbreaking. It's brilliant. So, oh, it's brilliant. And, and it's funny. And it's, it's really, really funny. Well. funny. Uh, so the next big waffle on will be about bad taste. There might be a mini waffle in between them. Um, so again, uh, listen to the uh, blurb after this for getting in touch with us. Uh, Cal, thanks again for joining me. It's in the okay. Show. I don't know it's why I say okay. that because it's mine right. in your podcast. <laughs> thanks for being here. Yeah, cheers. We've your trousers on and not them horrible pants which you were threatening me for being in the show. No, no, no. Uh, we'll see you all next month. Uh, next month, whenever it comes out. Yeah. Uh, take care. Cheerio. If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the Internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. Do you remember playing great PC games like King's Quest, Command & Conquer, and X-Wing? Do you remember spending hours tweaking your config sys and auto-exec bat files to eke out just one more K of conventional memory? If you do, then you may be interested in my show, The Upper Memory Block. Every two weeks we talk in-depth about a game, game series, company, or technology from the DOS and pre-Windows XP gaming era. We'll discuss the story, gameplay, and technology of the games of the time. But more importantly, we're going to focus on what made each game special, interesting stories from their development, and how they shaped what PC gaming is today. If you remember gaming in the late 80s and early 90s, or you're interested in finding out more about it, come join your host Joe in the Upper Memory Block. That's the Upper Memory Block podcast at umbcast.com, or find it on iTunes. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant golf clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. 
Anomaly is available over the counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and Blackberry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at anomalypodcast.com. That's A N O M A L Y podcast.com. Just one one hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com. Hi, my name's Kenny and I'm a fanboy. Do you like Star Trek, Star Wars, Harry Potter? Do you consider yourself a brown coat or a twihard? Are you into cosplaying, LARPing, a furry? Can you speak Klingon or Elvish? Can you name all the doctors and their companions? Do you just love football or can't get enough of your favorite music group? Then this podcast is for you, Confessions of a Fanboy. Each episode, I sit down with a fanboy or fangirl and discuss their fandom and how it affects their daily lives. Be it geeky, sporty, or musical, fandoms can span a wide range of people. So come subscribe to Confessions of a Fanboy on iTunes. Or visit us online at confessionsofafanboypodcast.com and take a listen to fellow fans talk about the love for their fandom. Confessions of a Fanboy. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Mettings and Mark C. Kelly. 2012.